0: Today we're continuing our series on happiness. How many of you want to be happy? Yes. Most of you want to be happy. The rest of you would love to just live in depression. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Jesus was recorded... The greatest sermon that was recorded of His is the Sermon on the Mount. And He started the Sermon on the Mount with the eight things that you can do to be happy. Now, if God says, here's how to be happy, don't you know we should listen to that? Does it just begin with a smile? You know, a smile does help. A smile releases endorphins, even if you just fake smile it. Everybody fake smile it right now. It releases something in your brain that allows you to be a little bit more happy, believe it or not. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. And the first four, we've already talked about the things that Jesus, he called them, well, he said, these are attitudes. These are things that you can do in your attitude. And so we call them the be attitudes. How many you remember that from growing up in kids church? Be this, be attitude. And if you do this, Jesus says, you will be happy. What a great kickoff to a great sermon. So the first four that we've talked about deal mostly with our relationship with God, and now we're going to shift gears, and the beatitude that we're going to talk about today has to do with our relationship with each other. God says, love God, love people. Those are the two commands that God summed up the entirety of the law. And it says, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus said this, happy are the merciful. Why are they happy? for they will have mercy shown to them. Another version said it this way. Happy are the kind and merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So Jesus is basically saying here, you get what you give. Now, is that always the case with people? If you're merciful to somebody, are they going to be merciful back to you necessarily? Not necessarily. You've probably experienced that. So what is he talking about? You see, this is true at some level with people, but it's not always true with people. More than teaching you about how people treat you, Jesus was teaching you about how God will treat you. And he's saying, God will give you mercy if you give mercy. And you read all throughout Jesus' teachings, you find out that God is going to judge you based upon what you chose him to judge you about. You will determine how God judges you. Boy, that's interesting. What do you mean, John? How you treat people is how God is going to treat you. Jesus talked about it all the time. You criticize people, God's going to criticize you. You find, uh, you find fault with people, God's going to find fault with you. If you're friendly with people, God's going to be friendly with you. And Jesus talked about it here. If you're merciful to people, God will be merciful to you. And Jesus talked about if you forgive others you'll be forgiven. So the point is, if you want to be happy, you've got to allow other people to be happy. And if you want to be happy, you can also help other people to be happy. And what happens if you help other people to be happy? God will help you to be happy. Now, the temptation is, misery loves company. (laughs) I'm miserable, therefore I'm going to make everybody around me miserable. That's kind of the way humans do it. And Jesus says, no, it's just the opposite. If you want to be happy, make other people happy. So what is mercy? Mercy is that. It's, it's love in action. That's mercy. Love and action. It means finding ways to help other people to be happy. It means helping others with their attitude. It means helping others to get over their messes, their mistakes, their problems, their sinful behavior. More than just feeling sorry for people, it's love and action. It's doing something that actually helps people. Psalm 145 says, God is kind and merciful, slow to get angry and full in love. How many of you are grateful that that's God? God is kind. He's merciful. He's slow to be angry and full of love. If you want to be like God, we have to learn to be merciful. And more than that, if you want to have mercy in your future from God, you've got to learn to be merciful. Look at what Jesus said. Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. God is going to show us mercy if we've been merciful. So mercy is love and action. It's more than a feeling. It's that tough and tender love that we see Jesus with on the cross. Jesus was tough when it came to sin. Why? Because sin destroys our lives. It destroys relationships. And Jesus hanging on the cross is being tough. He's saying, no, don't destroy your lives with these behaviors and these ways of thinking and the, the stuff that you do that destroys relationships. He says, that's got to stop. And I'm, I'm willing to hang on the cross and show you that I'm willing to lay down my life for you to grab onto a new life, a life of living in mercy and peace with one another and love. And Jesus took a hard stand against the things that destroy us and destroy our relationships. But then it was also tender. How? Because He didn't destroy us. It was tender. He didn't destroy you. He's shown mercy to you. So God expects you to show mercy. He expects it. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but you also need to know that God expects you to allow him to show mercy to whoever he wants to show mercy. How many of you know somebody right now that you don't want to show mercy to? And how many of you know somebody that you don't want God to show mercy to? I was talking to a lady one day, and and she was sharing with me her sister. Her sister had made some really stupid decisions in life. It hurt a lot of people, hurt the family, you know, brought real dissension in the family, and it was just awful. And and I said, well, how would you like me to pray with you about her right now? And would, have you been praying for? Her? And she said, no, I don't want to pray for her. She doesn't deserve God's blessing. She doesn't deserve anything from. Me. She's a horrible person. So, no, I don't think you understand the purpose of the prayer. No, we're not going to pray for her. And that's so often how we think and how we feel. And we've got to understand that we are responsible to let God bless whoever he wants to bless, whoever he wants to show favor to, whoever he wants to show compassion to. He gets to do that whether you like it or not. Did you know God loves that person that you don't like? Did you know God loves that person and died for that person that hurt you? Oh, that hurts. And and you're sitting there going, but John, I don't want to be in heaven with that person. And knowing God, he's going to put them right next door to me. And God says, you got to be good with it. He said it right here in Exodus 33. He says, I will have mercy on whoever I want to have mercy on. And I will show compassion on whoever I want to show compassion on. You know, as parents, you have children. If you have more than one kid, this is you're going to experience this. You'll have one kid, it, well, each of them will experience this at different times, where they're like, don't you dare show favor to that child, you know, to that other child of yours, dad. Don't you dare like them. Don't you dare give them something and, and there's this sibling rivalry that happens, and as a parent, you're like, okay, but you don't see things from my perspective. I see things from a bird's eye view. I know what this other child has been through in ways that you don't know, and I know what I know what you've done and how great I've been to you, considering how I should not have shown you mercy along the way. So yes, I have the right to show mercy to my other child as much as I want to. And in the same way, God says the same thing. Your responsibility is to trust Him for justice, trust Him to to take care of things, but also to trust Him to make things right with you when when you've been hurt, when you've been harmed, that you turn those people over to God and trust Him if He wants to show mercy to them. Because here's the truth. How much more does God know about all of it than you do? How much better of a judge is God than you are? Right. We got one amen. <laughs> Should I have you stand up again? All right, so how do you know if you're showing mercy in your life? Well, understand this. It's one of the most important parts of your Christian life. Why? Because it's through his mercy that you are saved. It's through his mercy that you'll get to go to heaven. And if you don't show mercy, he says, I'm not going to give it to you. So this is one of the most important things for you to grab onto in your Christian life. What does the Bible say? First Thessalonians chapter five, encourage the timid, help the weak and be patient with some. Be patient with everyone. Even if they don't mute their phones. Be patient with them. Be patient with them. Are you patient with everyone? You see, merciful people are accepting and encouraging. Accepting others where they are while encouraging them to grow to the next level. And you've got to feel that when you come into your church family. That we accept you where you are but also encourage you to grow. That's important. And you've got to have that kind of an environment in your life. But more than that, take on yourself the responsibility of providing that environment in your life for your family, for your spouse, for your kids, for your parents, for anybody in your life. Accept them where they are, but encourage them to grow to better things, growing to better relationships. You see, let me ask you this. When people mess up in your life, are you the kind of person that rubs it in? You messed up. You're a moron. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. Do you rub it in or do you rub it out? A couple of weeks ago, I walked in the house and I saw something that I was not expecting. John Michael had been watching Eli that afternoon and he was also, he had some stuff on the grill outside and Eli was in the living room and James or John Michael just walked over to the back door to check on the grill, make sure you know, it wasn't blowing up or something. And so he said, Dad, I was only there for like 10 seconds. And he walked back around where Eli was and Eli had taken his uh, little... What do they call it? A pouch? It's a pouch of food instead of jars. Now they've got pouches of food. And he had taken the pouch of food, somehow he had gotten it, and he went all over the carpet. And worse than that, he was down on the carpet and he was rubbing it in. And like 10 seconds. And John Michael, you can imagine. So I get home and I walk in, and there's John Michael, and he's got three different carpet cleaners. Don't call him to be a carpet cleaner, (laughs) but he's got them all on the carpet. And he's rubbing the carpet, he's trying to rub it out. Two of the same kind of movements on the carpet, but one was rubbing it in and and enjoying that. But the other person was trying to rub it out. And in our lives, the question is, are you going to be the kind of person that's trying to rub it in on somebody when they mess up, when they sin, or whatever it is that they've done that you don't like? Are you trying to rub it in and hold it in, hold it over them and trying to keep it over them and never letting them go, never letting them forget about it? Or are you going to try to rub it out? And God calls us to be the kind of people that try to rub it out. You realize that, don't you? And look what Scripture says. Above all, above anything that you could do, love each other deeply because why? Why? Love covers over a multitude of sins. What is he saying? He's saying your responsibility with each other is to try to rub it out. Try to clean up the mess with each other. When someone messes up, you don't hold it over them. You just say, all right, come on, let's clean it up. Let's just get out of this situation. We're in this together. Let's walk and move forward. How many of you want a church like that? That's what we've got talking to the guys yesterday at at, uh, breakfast while the ladies were meeting some of the guys we met at uh, place, and we we eat that's how we do it ladies and um, they were they were talking about how so many volunteers in this church you know and how faithful they are and and we were talking about what is the difference why are we seeing so many people that just enjoy doing ministry in this church. And, and it's it's got to be this. They're shown mercy. They're not afraid of messing up. They're not afraid of failing. They're not afraid of being found out. Guess what? We've already figured it out. You're a sinner and you need the cross just like we do. Yeah, we're in this together. And there's no fear when the people around you love you. Because we're trying to wipe it away. We're trying to clean it up for you. We're trying to help you. We're not here to hurt you. When people let you down, do you hold it over their head for the rest of their life? Now listen, I'm not talking about the need that you have to set boundaries. That's a whole other issue. If somebody is not behaving right, they're not humbly repenting of stuff that they're doing that's hurting you, that can really mess with your purpose and meaning in your life. You've got to put boundaries up for that. That's not what we're talking about today. But what I'm talking about today is being merciful and turning people over to God and letting Him deal with them and giving Him the freedom to love them as He wants to. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Be gentle and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. Everybody say Never. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. And remember, forgiveness doesn't mean somebody has full access to your life. What it means is you've created a path for them back into your life. And if they want to walk that path to come back into your life, they can. Why? Why? Because you have mercy and forgiveness in your life. So if you're a merciful person, you're going to be a helpful person. You're going to help people, especially if they're hurting. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, wherever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. You're surrounded by people who need you to do good to them. Mercy is practical assistance. And whatever it is that you've got that you can give or to help others with, you've got to do it. How many of you have arms, everybody? You know what that means? You have the ability to hug somebody today. You can give someone a hug. How many of you have lips? Anybody got lips? Anybody not have lips? We'll just go there. You have the ability to smile at somebody today. You can make somebody's day. And look, you showed up today. That is making a difference in people's lives. You're making a difference in people's lives just by showing up. And you've got so many resources. You've got so many opportunities for you to make a difference in someone's life today. Love and action. You have what it takes to do that. I love John Wesley's motto. He he wrote this. He said, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. That's awesome. Remember the story that Jesus told the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan is the guy that that wasn't supposed to help. And there were two other guys that came by, and they saw this man who had been beaten and robbed and thrown to the side into a ditch. And those two guys said, oh, goodness, we don't have time for that. I can't get involved. It's too much to deal with. Sorry about what happened, but can't get involved. And they just left the guy. But the Samaritan guy comes along, and he's like, holy smoke, this guy has been robbed. He needs help. He helped the guy up and he took him to get, get bandaged and taken care of. He put him up in a hotel and he was like, hey, here's my American Express gold card. Everything that he wants, just put it on that. And the guy took care of him. That is love and action, isn't it? And when you see somebody, that's what Jesus said. That's what he expects us to do. That's what he expects you to do well, I don't know, John, I don't think I can get involved like that. I'm shy or whatever. Listen, you don't have an option. God is doing this for you. And and more than that, God wants to do more for you. And this frees him to do that. Jesus is saying, happy are those who care enough to get involved because God is going to care enough to get involved in their life. Man, I need to say that one again, don't I? Happy are those who care enough to get involved because God is going to care enough to get involved when they need it. If you want God to care enough to get involved when you need it, He's giving you opportunities every day for you to care enough to get involved in other people's lives. Don't miss those opportunities that's what they are. You see, mercy is love and action. All right, so real quickly, I'm going to give you three motivations as to why you should be merciful this week, okay? It's so important to know there's a reason why. There are three reasons why you need to be merciful this week. Number one, because God has shown you mercy. Uh, Matthew chapter 18 records uh brief story where Peter asked Jesus, okay, Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive this guy? Like seven times? And you can hear the frustration when somebody asks a question like that. And Jesus's response, you know, 70 times seven. He's like, Peter, you just keep forgiving. Now, understand, we're not talking about boundaries and all of that. You're talking about How many times do you need to turn this person over to God and say, God, if you want to love them, if you want to have them for eternity, that's your business. I give them over to you and I trust you for justice and all of that. How many times should I do that? And Jesus then tells this parable about about this king and a servant. And he says this king had a servant that owed him like a million dollars. And the servant comes to him and says, oh, please, king, I don't have the money to pay you back. And the king forgives him of all of the debt And Jesus goes on to say that the man walked out of there. You can imagine if someone just forgave you for a million dollar debt that you didn't have the money to pay for, how many of you would feel good about that? But the problem is that's not like winning the lottery. The lottery means you got the money in your account. The problem is that this means I just don't have anything still but I'm not in debt, so yes, I'm excited about that. So the guy walks out, and he goes, and he finds a guy. He sees a guy walking down the street that owes him $1,000, and he's like, hey, and he grabs him by the shirt and says, you owe me $1,000. I want it now. And the guy's like, I don't have it. I'm sorry. I want it now. I'm going to throw you in jail. Have you thrown in jail if you don't pay me now? And the guy falls on his feet just like he did with the king and begins to beg him for forgiveness of that debt. And he says, no. So he has him thrown into jail. And Jesus asks this question. He says, shouldn't you be merciful to other people just as I've been merciful to you, is what the king looked and said. Because the king had him brought in and then thrown into jail himself. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying he expects you and me to treat Others as he has treated us. Now, when you think about these people that have hurt you or people that drive you crazy, when you think about the people that are cutting you off the road on 380, are you merciful? I think of all the flack that I've been giving God through the years. how much trouble have you given God through the years? The times that I yelled at God and said, forget it, I'm done, and I'm going to do it my own way, God. God still has been gracious and merciful and loving towards me. Never once has He forced my car off the road. What a gracious and merciful God He is. And all the stunts that I've pulled in my life and all the sin that I've committed in my life, not just accidentally. Am I alone? Have you committed sin on purpose? And all of that, and He's shown us grace and mercy. And Jesus warns that if I don't give mercy. Then I'm not going to get it. One day, some religious leaders, hypocrites. Jesus was walking down the road and they brought this lady out and they dragged her out and they threw her at his feet. And they said. What are you going to do with her? We just found her in the act of adultery, no question about it, caught red-handed, and the law says she's to be stoned to death. What do you say? And Jesus looked at them and said, He who is without sin cast the first stone. Go for it, guys. But you better believe you're going to pay for it. In your life, you've got to give the people over to God that have sinned against you. And you've got to trust Him with them. Why? Because He expects it. And He's already given you mercy. Another time, Jesus said, You know what? You're so concerned about the problems in that other person's life, judging them he says, you see the speck in their eye, but I tell you, you've got a telephone pole hanging out of your eye. (laughs) You'd do well to get the telephone pole out before you try to get the speck out of your brother's eye. And what I found is when I get the telephone pole out of my eye, oftentimes there's not even a speck in my brother's eye. So, I want to read a poem to you. Don't find fault with the man who limps or stumbles along the road. Unless you've worn the shoes he wears or struggled beneath his load, there may be tacks in his shoes that hurt, though hidden away from view, or the burden he bears placed on your back might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's down today unless you've felt the blow. That caused his shame, or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his, if dealt to you in the same way, self in the same self way, and the same self time, might cause you to stagger too. Don't be too harsh with the man who sins or pelts you with with words or stones, unless you're sure, yea, doubly sure, that you have not sins of your own. For you, perhaps, that if the tempter's voice should whisper soft to you, as it did to him when he went astray, it would cause you to falter too. Be merciful. Why? Because he's shown you mercy. Secondly, be merciful this week because you're going to need more mercy in the future. You see, not only has God been merciful to you in the past, but you're going to need His mercy in the future. Do you you expect to to be perfect from now on? Anybody figured out how to be perfect yet? Nobody? You know what that means? You're going to need His mercy. You're going to need Him to be kind to you, good to you, gracious to you. James and Jude, these were the half-brothers of Jesus. And James wrote this. He said, the man who makes no allowance for others will find none made for him. Only those who give it will be given it. Jude said this, and this connects it with your salvation. He said, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you into eternal life. That means you're counting on God's mercy to get you to heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? If you want to go to heaven, you've got to show mercy to the people in your life. If you don't want to go to heaven, okay, just Keep on doing what you're doing, but if you want to go to heaven, you've got to show mercy to the people in your life, and you've got to turn the people over who have hurt you, who have done things to you, or done things to others that you love. You've got to turn them over to God and trust Him with them. You say, but John, you don't understand what this person has done to me. No, I do understand at some level, but I I want you to know this. You're the one that's doing more to yourself than they ever did. You've got to turn it over to God. Praying for them, giving them over to Him. And here's what I know also. When you refuse to forgive others and refuse to show mercy to others, you're burning the very bridge that you're going to need to walk across to get to heaven. Build that bridge. Don't burn it. Number three, James David, would you come? Why should you show mercy this week? because it makes you happy. If you're struggling with depression, give this a try. Love and action, forgiveness, let it go, give them over to God, and maybe you'll find the happiness and peace that you haven't had in a long time. Mercy makes you happy. Jesus said this, happy are the merciful. He could have said it just as well, unhappy are the unmerciful. When you show mercy, it brings peace into your life, happiness, a joy down inside. Think about the most miserable person you know. You got them in mind? They're not merciful, are they? They're looking for everything that's wrong. Everybody that's walking into work today, what are they wearing that for? What are they doing that for? I don't understand what they're doing that for. What's wrong with these people? They're the most unmerciful people in the world. You show up for Christmas. I can't believe what she's wearing. Looking for everything wrong. They're the most unmerciful, unhappy people. God calls you to just let it go. Trust Him for justice. Trust Him for all of your pain. And what does the Scripture say? The Scripture says that if you show up in heaven and you have had tears in your life, He will wipe away every tear that you've ever. Isn't that awesome? He will wipe away your tears personally he will bring justice to your pain, but you got to trust him with it. And you trust him with it by showing mercy. Showing mercy. Proverbs 11:17. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. When you're kind, your own soul is nursed. It is destroyed when you're cruel. If you want to destroy your own soul, be cruel to others. If you want to hurt yourself, if you don't want to live in happiness and you like depression, condemn others, look down on others, all of that. Otherwise, just be kind and merciful and say, "Wow, thank God for your mercy, grace in my life." It's a tremendous way to become happy that's what Jesus taught would you bow your heads who is it that comes to mind that you would struggle to show mercy towards it's time to turn them over to God they're not your responsibility to fix to educate Take to the woodshed. They're not your responsibility. It's time for you to let them go. And be happy. Father, we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. Your goodness and love for us is tremendous. Thank you for it. Thank you for your forgiveness and grace in our lives today we turn over these people to you, and we ask you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding just to begin to fill in our hearts and minds as we let go of those who have hurt us, the people that bother us on a daily basis. We commit ourselves to just being merciful, gracious, kind, forgiving. And I pray, Father, that there'd be healing that takes place right now as we're turning these people over to you. I sense that right now there's somebody here that's had something going on all of their life that something happened long ago. Today, they're turning it over to you. They're giving that pain to you. and They're freeing that person from their heart and mind and turning them over to you for justice. happiness begin to fill their heart and healing and what their therapist could not do for the last 20 years you're doing in just a matter of moments healing in the name of Jesus I thank you Father and maybe you're here today and you need to accept Christ into your life he's good he's merciful he's loving he's kind he doesn't want to condemn you Just ask him to come into your life right now. and Tell him you want to get to know him, who he is, what he likes and what he doesn't like. And accept him into your life and say, God, I want to accommodate for you living inside of me for the rest of my life. Wash me, cleanse me, give me a new beginning, a new life in Christ Jesus. I thank you for that relationship opportunity that I have with you. And I take it today. I want to live for you the rest of my life. with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if that was you and you gave your heart to christ today right where you're at i just want to give you an opportunity to say john that was me and I, all i would ask you to do is just to look up at me until my eyes catch yours if that was you a new beginning in your relationship with god all right anybody else